We had an Odin is with us with a lot of typing in the background. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Sorry, I was typing my prediction. How's it going, everybody? Yes, we've got predictions this week. Yeah. Episode 51 <laughs> of the weekly SS Creed Valhalla podcast, the DSS cast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Joraptor. And you already heard him. I I don't think you hear me type. I can't. I can't. I can't make that sound. Uh, yeah, Jordan uh, Jordan does, of course. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being back. And uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. The first expansion, six months after launch, it finally released, which is insane, actually, if you think about it. Um, yeah. Because for Origins, the, deal, the, like, the post-launch was already like over by the time this first expansion uh, now dropped. And Odyssey already had the full legacy of the first blades. And I think even one Fate of Atlantis episode by this point already. So um, Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was crazy. like Yeah, April uh, May, I think. April for the yeah, you're right. Fate of Atlantis. Um so yeah, we got quite a lot to talk about. I already finished the DLC. Jordan got his code today. Of course, we're live recording always on Thursday. So we'll be playing through it and uh, sharing his impressions next week. But uh, yeah, you can already like, yeah, ask some questions. Uh, I'm gonna share what I think. I've been of watching it. a lot of streams and stuff. Yeah, I I'm a I'm a bad mentor apparently. I I wasn't quite set up yet <laughs> to get my code on time. I've been scrambling all week, but uh, oh, I will yeah. be way more prepared next week. But I am also equally prepared today. Uh, did a lot of my own uh, research uh, over the past few days about nice. the DLC, so I'm I'm ready to go. I think you should like wear this shirt every day. Maybe that helps. Okay, show the shirt. Oh yeah, everyone. I yeah. am a star player. Oh my god, he has an orange star Ubisoft star player shirt, which means <laughs> that uh, yeah, you you are asked for, uh, for, yeah because of your work in the Assassin's Creed community. I think then right, you got an email. Yeah. Yeah, they said uh, I, my contributions to the Assassin's Creed community is worth being called a star player. So I'm excited. I I'm still learning what a star player is. I feel like I feel um, I need they. I don't have very much information, so don't expect me to accidentally say something I shouldn't <laughs> because I don't have anything. To say. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. I, I thought you were going yeah. to lay it all out now. I mean, I made some <laughs> predictions in my Sunday video about. Usually when they like have star players it for a specific franchise, it usually means that we will get something for that franchise during E3, but uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, again, we live record here on Thursday. Saturday is when the podcast goes live on your favorite podcast service, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Make sure you follow there so you're notified to when a new episode goes live. If you want the video version of the show, they can head over to my YouTube channel, Joe Raptor. Hit the join button next to the subscribe button. For $2 per month, you get the video version on Saturday next to the uh, podcast. Um, and for $5 per month to become a Raptor member, you get early access to the video version. So right after we live recorded here on twitch.tv, dash your Raptor every week. And I want to thank Basilim for becoming a Veloz Raptor member. Dan... For becoming a member, Vidar, Grutz, uh, Owain, David, and Cool Kid Dave, Robert, 
and uh, Zaza and Sets for becoming members this last week. Really, really appreciate that. Um, but of course, not necessary at all. If you yeah, just listen to the show, hang out here with us in the chat. It's already really, really awesome. What you can do, though, what would really help us out is leave a review on your favorite podcast service, on Apple Podcasts, for example. And uh, Jordan, we got a new review, right? We do. We've got one all the way from Matthias Santoro, 91, likely the year he was born. So one year older than me uh, from Brazil says, great podcast, always informative and with great debates. Great job, guys. Simple, to the point, solid review. What do you think? Yeah, great. And uh, I love the <clears throat> before you, yeah. you you said it. Like I, I totally see that, that that's what he meant as well. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I properly pronounce these things because it's really cool. We get a lot of different reviews from all around the world. And I, I think it's really challenging sometimes to like properly, as like an American, properly <laughs> say people's Make sure that uh, you say it the way that they want to, you know? Mm-hmm. I, 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 or they intend it. Now that we're talking about these reviews, I remember the one about the rap music. It was like, oh, yeah, here. I hate podcasts, but when I get bored of listening to gangster rap and death metal, I enjoy listening to Joe Raptor talk about his street. <laughs> I enjoy the videos, appreciate the content. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. That needs to be a testimonial in your YouTube banner or something where it's like, whenever I'm not listening to gangster rap or death metal, I'm listening to Joe Raptor. Yeah. That should be like your number one testimonial. Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> L Rare the Great. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. We had the Rev of the Jutes launch actually today. We're recording this on mm-hmm. the 13th. Again, we waited for it for a long time. Uh, I was lucky enough to get the code on Friday last week already. And um, everyone in the Joraptor team have been playing it. We have a ton of videos up, of course. And yeah, uh, how do we want to do this? Do you want uh, uh, What I'll are you curious the lead about? Here. Yeah, yeah, let's so do it. Here, let's do this. So we, this is the first DLC. Like you said, there's been six months. There's been some time. So we haven't had it. I would even say... There's been some dis- oh, quite a bit of time for a lot of us since we've even played this story. We've been doing a lot of extra activities in the game, right? For you too. Yeah. So yeah. Now, now that you've been reintroduced back into something new, the first question: How did it feel? Like, what's your first impression when you like got into it? Was it like exciting to like get in there and be like, "Oh my gosh, there's all this new content," or did it feel maybe? repetitive or anything like that what did it feel like right when you started it up i want to not one, having this content i want to grab one question out of the the chat real quick basim outfit yeah. then like there's no basim outfit in this dlc uh i did ask ubisoft about it i had an interview about the ref of the Jews dlc and but that was like with someone working on the dlc and not like the post-launch producer who of course knows the full roadmap and yeah i really thought it would like launch this week we did get some new ubisoft connect rewards but uh, no, it's sadly not in the DLC, and it's sadly we don't know when it's coming. So, I mean, we know it's in the game. We already saw footage of it, but uh, we still cannot get it. Um, going back to your question, though, I think it's really two things. And what you said about the, um, like, what you said about the extra content being added, like the river rates, that totally 
um, made the raids in the Wrath of the Druids way less exciting. Because if it was that at launch we would have been raiding and then of course you completed all the raid locations and that was that and there were no river raids, then it would have been maybe been nice to in Ireland raid again and uh, get supplies and push doors with your Yom's Viking. But because we already did that so many times during the river raids, doing that in Ireland again was like, okay, uh, it did not, did not feel great. I think... I played the DLC wrong as well, and I kind of that that's kind of the thing as well. I really focused on the side content, but I think the side content is the least exciting about the DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, we haven't had like a legit new story in a really long time. Uh, I, of course, thanks to a bug, could not finish the main story arcs till uh, January. So for me, it has been like four months. For you, it has been like uh, six months already. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is totally more exciting to to have like a dynamic with Avor and some characters that yeah that you meet and then that the, that they they grow over time and they really have some cool characters and some fun twists uh, in the DLC that I I know Dennis for example he was not really a fan of the the plot the the twist happening in the story but I totally like you make some choices and they totally can bite you in the ass later on if you thought someone was to be trusted or not um are you talking about the wrath like you're saying there's like a twist in there or are you talking about the main storyline yeah I'm, I'm i'm talking about the characters like you think okay. you know them and then they change in a bit without spoiling gotcha. too much but uh yeah it, it totally like put me on the right foot or on the wrong foot and and i really liked how it uh how it like kind of surprised me um there are some really cool boss fights in the dlc which are really, really great, especially the final boss fight, is maybe my final, my favorite boss fight in Valhalla period. Um, so that that's really, really cool. Um, That'd be an interesting thing to do sometime, Jor, is like list your favorite boss fights from all the last three games. Too. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But um, that's, that's good to know. So they also had like this feature like these trading post features that I saw where you can um, get like some sort of passive income or something. And then like you use that to go to a trading post to buy. That seems like something that's kind of new inside content to a degree. Can you talk a little bit about it or no? Yeah, of course. Um, I think some of the new things are really well done, like the new sickle weapon, like having a new weapon type actually in a game where the RPG elements are not that great is actually amazing because then the game finally feels different. Um, Yeah, that slide looks kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. The slide. Yeah, the sprint attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really, really cool. And um, like, yeah, dual wielding, of course, through most of the DLC, unless you know where to find the second sickle. One is like in a camp and the other one is from the legendary animal. Um, And that's like a a 469 power level boss fight. So I think if you're like a low level, you will be running around with one sickle uh, most of the time. Yeah. but yeah, that's just that's just awesome. Like finally having something new to play. I still need to kind of figure out what the cool loadout is. I think the spear and the sickle is still is still great, but I still have to try out the other weapons as well. Like, but two sickles is awesome. Off, what's its offhand specialty? Like, if you you know yeah, how like a, if it's in the offhand. Yeah, yeah, yeah the left hand attack. I always call it. Uh, that that's actually yeah. the the best part about the weapon. It's like a slice, and you 
just until your stamina is empty, you just rapidly slice the enemy. But with two sickles, you basically, I think, do double the damage because you slice them with both. So it's kind of comparable. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, now, the dagger is only one. With the dagger, you jump and you do the steps, but um, you do that with only one dagger. With the Dane Axe, you do that sort of whirlwind. And if you have yeah. two Dane Axes, you, I think, use both. Um, and for the yeah, Flail, is also only one. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really cool. You, you really have a benefit from using both sickles. So, I really like that part. Going back to the trading system, though, it's... I'm not sure if you saw the menu, but it's basically the hunter's hut menu, the fishing hut yeah. menu, and you just apply the resources that you get. Um, and how you is get it these... like one time, or does it refresh itself? Is it kind of like a competitive, um, like helix shop or like something like that, where you can come back and like find new items consistently? Yeah, there, no? there's there's really no depth at all. Sadly, it's really okay. like that we have we have there like during this historical time period, the Dublin trading system was a big thing, so we had to implement it. But it's not exciting or anything. Like, you get a ton of rewards. Like, one of the most amazing parts about the DLC is that there are seven new armor sets. And they all look really cool. Um, so so that, so you can get four of them through this uh, trading system. Some weapons, some cosmetics. Like, every, every time you collect resources and, like, complete one of these contracts, you get something cool. But it's really linear. You're... You have at level one a, a set of contracts, level two a set of contracts, and yeah, that is that. There's no like I really like, for example, the auction house in a World of Warcraft where you kind of have to, okay, I'm gonna buy everything and then put it on the auction house for like um, way more. So you're like kind of making sh like uh, controlling the market in a way. There's no such thing. It's it's really like. By getting the trading post in Ireland, you get resources over time. With those resources, you can go to Dublin, check, uh, yeah, complete these contracts, and then at one point you're level 5 and have completed the contracts. And you will never guess what they uh, figured for... Because at one point you will have everything, but you get new contracts. And then so that the resources that you gather after you already got everything... Are still have still some use and a hundred of these resources that are pretty valuable uh, especially from the start you can get silver for them how how much silver do you think you get per uh, time you like um, yeah give these resources um, 10 silver per thing no it's 40 but it's still like that's okay. not even enough to do a transmog like it's, yeah it's wild. Like, I don't know. They, they, they wanted to give it some sort of purpose, but 40 silver is like, come on. Uh, it, it's not really worth it. Um, so, yeah, that system was kind of a letdown uh, if it weren't it feels for the like rewards. They kinda over, when it comes to silver, it feels like they overbalance things a little bit. I like, do you, from your experience, like, I, th this is a little bit of a derail from Wrath of the Druids, but do you think that, like, is it, do you actually think it's because they, want you to buy silver through the helix store or is it just they're kind of unaware of how much silver you need to like properly play the game no i think uh like i don't know uh, it, it just i think it's perspective like you could say 40 silver is not a lot but 
at, at the merchant, these things are pretty cheap as well. It's just that it feels kind of weird to, for example, for a royal demand. So that, that, that's like one of the cool new features are like these pigeon coops that we already discussed before as a sort of leak. Um, they are indeed in the game. And you go there and then you have three objectives in different camps. And each objective also has sub-challenges. So one of them can be, hey, only kill the targets needed for the mission and don't kill the other guys. Remain undetected or do not take any damage. So that, that really adds a challenge, right, to these missions. Mm -hmm. And from these missions, you also get the resources which are needed for the Dublin chest as well. And some iron ore and leather. So that's another way uh, to, to get that. But these missions, to travel to them, complete them, five to ten minutes, something like that. If you mm -hmm. complete a mission, you get 15 of a particular resource. Uh, if you do not do the sub-challenges, but it doubles per sub-challenge you do. So if you have like 15, it goes to 30. If you complete all sub-challenges, it goes to 45. So then you have 45 of one resource, which is not even 20 silver. Mm. What the heck? Like, why Why would I care about this system after I... Like, it, the... I mean, we, we talked about it with the River Raid as well. I think the biggest problem with the DLC is Valhalla itself and not the DLC, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, That no, that that's a lot of what I've also been, like, reading and listening to is that, like, it, it does seem like it's a, yeah, like, a lot of the problems you find in the Wraths was problems we've already kind of voiced with the main game, but that the story is definitely a, a leading part of it. My question then is how many hours I know we had like predicted, but um, how many hours it might take, but like the story, how many hours maybe would you say? And then like nine, maybe the nine hours yeah, for the nine story hours or for the story. And then but if the you wanted to like hundred percent all of Ireland, yeah, how long I do you think, think that 15 in total, 15. But then you might be for everything. So yeah, if you like really take your time, I think you might you might get to twenty, but you're then scratching things real big. Like, um, mm -hmm. and 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 don't and that's also what they what they of course like to do. But they they do it a little bit too much in this DLC where things that used to be sub uh, content like side content, you have to do that in order to advance the main story. So. And uh, two points in the main story, they will say, now do three royal demands uh, for for this king. So there will be, so you will be forced to do the side content, um, kill these targets from the order menu in order to advance, which makes a bit more sense. But still, like you're, you're there is a lot of side content, but they are they totally inter like they they interweave it into the main story as well, so that by the time you finish the main story you'll have already completed quite a lot of side content. And the sad part about the side content is, okay, you have these mysteries. What are mm -hmm. the most exciting things you can, like blue dots, you can find? In my opinion, Alpha Animals, Drangir, the actual mysteries with a story, um, mm -hmm. th those three. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know. But the, the mysteries we see the most, five cairns, Five altars, I think maybe more even, 
And uh, no mysteries whatsoever. There are no little side stories. And the, the, the DLC, I think, is... Uh, if you would ask me, if is it worth it for $25? I think it's actually quite expensive for that. But if you get it as part of the season pass, I think it will be a good get later on if Siege of Paris comes out as well. So then you have both DLCs for $20. And I think Siege of Paris will be a bit bigger than this. But uh, I think in terms of size, it was actually quite disappointing uh, if I had to, uh, yeah. For, especially for the price point that it's at. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. And it, it did mm -hmm. not feel as much it's as like three half episodes. the value of the game, right? About. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah you could, yeah, but... But on the other hand, if you buy twenty dollars for a helix pack, then it's very, then it's a cheap get. <laughs> but yeah, the helix packs are of course overpriced. Uh, yeah. So if you look at it from that way, it's like, oh wow, you get way more content with with this than with a helix pack. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I expected a bit more, especially because yeah, we have been waiting for this for a long time, and they stepped away from doing the episodes, um, where I feel that with the episodes. They had to make sure that every episode at least had some cool things. And, um, yeah, and, and this just, uh, I don't know. It, it I mean, doesn't feel like the two. The difference, though, I would say between the at least the Odyssey and now the Valhalla DLCs is that the, the Odyssey DLCs, like, they didn't do any. The only additional map, though, was the Atlantis one. Sure, sure, but, sure, sure. Uh, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. Bless oh you. no, it's a stuck sneeze. No. Damn it. It's okay. Find out. We'll figure it we'll out. Stick around. I'm Find so out. Sorry if for it, yeah. it, will get it went away. Um No, what I was gonna say was that yeah, so like I feel like it was easier to, I guess, make it longer, at least for Legacy of the First Blade. Um and um I can't believe I'm forgetting the second one. Fate of Atlantis. Um, before Atlantis. Or no, it it just went right into Fate of Atlantis, didn't it? No, no, it was Legacy of the First Blade episode Legacy 1, 2, 3, and then uh, we got the Layla mission for free, and that led into, uh, yeah. Atlantis, went, that's went what it was. Atlantis. The episodes made it seem like there was more DLC than there was. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, But yeah, but this one was like a full map that they had to like go and like... Sure, sure, that's uh, for sure, that's totally... I mean, the best part about this DLC is exploring this new region. And uh, uh, because, I mean, I have not played a game in Ireland, especially during this time, where, like, the Celtic mythology, like, all that stuff, it's really appealing. And they did a great job of, like, putting that forward. And um, it really has some, some awesome moments where you kind of learn more about that and the, the, the struggles uh, where, like, there's this... Um, this king that you're kind of helping, he wants to reunite everyone because the Danes are there, the Christians are there, but you also have, like, they're already kind of marrying each other, so, uh, yeah, to protect each other and to make sure that everyone lives alongside each other. But there are the Jutes as well who used to live here, and, I mean, it, it's really, really cool. And, I mean, the werewolves, they're quite challenging. Uh, I do I do like that. There are, they, they, they did a way better job of, like, they put, they grabbed all the enemies from the previous, from the main game, but added on to that, like the Druids enemies. They are really, really similar to the bandits, though. And sometimes it's kind of weird because I always like, thanks to Odyssey, we got kind of a peek behind the curtain, right? With uh, 
um, with the story creator modes where you could see, oh yeah, that enemy, I'm gonna make him uh, fight these these clans and like you kind of know how how these enemies get created and then sometimes you have this this order target and they are like out of nowhere you're like in in the city and they're like throwing this sand in your face and i'm like what the heck are you doing but they likely have the bandit sort of trait as a as like a enemy trait yeah so i saw that like that that i thought was a clever way to kind of add some mythology to your enemies they they have like hallucinogenic poison right that they like yeah that's the big thing yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. and then that converts them into um being yeah, able to like teleport or do other sorts of things yeah, so uh, you have the fight yeah yeah so you have the druid camps like regularly without the sort of uh drugs poison um so then you just fight these enemies that are quite challenging uh they they are like similar to other archetypes but the moment you go into this sort of smoke they they start changing they can teleport like the daughters of lyrian the wolves suddenly become werewolves um and when you like get them out of the smoke they turn back so it's some cool dynamics and there's like this sorcerer who can like heal uh allies um, so you have to like kill the sorcerer first. So they're finally like adding some more RPG, um, yeah, fight mechanics in there where yeah you kind of have to focus on the healer first. Obviously, well that was never the case before, but yeah now with mm-hmm. this sort of uh, hallucinative uh, yeah drugs they can they can do that. So that's really cool. The Irish enemies are quite nice too. Um, like and the abilities are awesome too. Like there are so many great parts about the DLC. Um, but also some choices that I wish I would have loved if they they, they they went a little bit harder. Like they added a little more meat to it and a little more. It feels like a kind of easy way to, to just add altars everywhere. Like we all know mm-hmm. that's not exciting, right? It would have been way cooler if we got like little side stories about people living in Ireland during this yeah, time period, that, right? That's just a ripple effect, too, like you said about the main game. Because the altars, they give you skill points. How mu- how valuable are skill points once you're above 400 Zero. Like, skill points, right? Like, yeah, so the incentivization to go to an altar is, like, just for completionists, really. Or people who, like me, who, like, can't handle not having all the skill yeah. points maybe for neurotic reasons but like that's beyond that I mean, that's about it they of course do it because you can already enter this after only completing one story arc in england so you can already go here really okay. early on the problem is yeah, that, that these sense. altars are not linked to things you can only do in ireland i i i saw i have all these altars on the map i'm saving them for when they add new skills again because like you said i'm the max level but um they are not like for fish you can only get in Ireland or for animals you can only find here. I can already complete all these altars without doing anything in Ireland. So without even like adding a cool twist to these altars, they're really just there and grabbed like one specific animal type that was already in the main game. Now go go get, uh, bring them here. Like it, it's not really, really cool. And Cairns, come on. Everyone hated them. Why? Why? Why um, add them in this freaking DLC? They are easier though, but still, like that's mm-hmm. not exciting, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely think that there's definitely some, hopefully, some takes that the um, 
the management team or the leadership team at Ubisoft can take from this into the next game? Because you can you can see a lot of effort that they are putting towards trying to keep uh, Assassin's Creed stealthy, trying to keep the heritage, I guess you could say, of Assassin's Creed intact by doing some of those sub things where it's like try to kill these people without blowing yeah, them all up, just get sure. the one guy or things like that and rewarding you for that decision. They are trying to expand upon the RPG thing, but I think that... Yeah, some of there might be just some compression going on on like releases and certain things, yeah. and so they they end up having to cut or simplify certain areas in order For to sure. hit deadlines. And I think like that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, or the focus. Bit. Like I asked uh, during yeah. my interview about this, like why why aren't there any mysteries? And the reason was, yeah, we wanted to focus on the main story, and mm-hmm. the, so I'm like, okay, but I did not ask this, but does this mean that your focus that the main game did not focus on the main story because they did have the mysteries like that's kind of weird but i think it's like basically saying yeah we have this budget for this dlc we prefer to have a cool a main story instead of um yeah instead yeah. of having these small stories in the world as well but yeah don't that, that now it really feels like a checklist and like they they put them there to to to, to yeah, yeah for some sense of completion uh which is kind of sad but um Overall, were the were the enemies challenging enough? Where like even at full level, was it like was there moments where you were like, "This is actually fun and engaging"? Because I know that at certain points, some enemies back in England get a little like too easy to defeat. Yeah, um, it's here as well. You really, uh, but the, the thing is that um, you get a lot of new armor sets, and I've just been okay. using those and not upgrading them, and then you do get a challenge. So. You can make it more challenging for yourself because every armor set you get is on the bronze rarity on level 2. So, yeah, you have to use the nickel and tungsten to get it up to mythical and then upgrade it with iron and leather. So, yeah, that, that's going to be a huge new uh, resource sink. But uh, I just mm-hmm. use them without upgrading them. And then it can totally be challenging, especially there are like trials. Like they are similar to the way you eat a mushroom and then... Some of the Jotun giants, like the the Frost giants, would appear in the main game. Like that's kind of what this is as well. Um, the Drangir are surprisingly easy, though. They are in cool locations, but they, they, there's like no flavor to them whatsoever. So they're kind of there, but meh. Um, there is a really cool mythical boss, uh, though. That uh, I won't spoil for nice. this, but yeah, that that's really cool. And again, the final boss was also really challenging, actually. like It had, like, a wide mechanic where if you don't do uh, kill everyone in the in, in this, like, short period of time, you will just wipe. You will just have to restart the whole fight. So I did like that. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah. No, that that that's cool. I, I just... That's another little thing. Like, I don't mean to be, like, just a little point out there that I'll say we can move on to other stuff. But the fact that you have to like nerf yourself yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's on your own it's on you to kind of make the game challenging to yourself to be uh, fair though this was also in odyssey and origins i think i mean maybe origins less yeah. so 
But Odyssey yeah, right. had that yeah. as well. Like if you if you would or Odyssey had the hundred percent crit chance built in Atlantis, you were like one shotting everyone. So you also had to to mm -hmm. tweak it down. I will say though that, but at least that like that hundred damage one, it would drop. You could drop your health to twenty five percent, which means you one oh, shot yeah. people, but you also get one shotted. So like at least yeah, it was kind of like reward. yeah, for sure. If you yeah, if you miss a dodge or whatever, you're gonna get clocked. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's in the, yeah, that's here. Not, totally not the case. Uh, so yeah, that, that's still the the balance of Valhalla is off. Uh, like it's and, and that's also like we have seven new armor sets. We have like there's one shield where you have to collect certain artifacts to get it. But the shield mm -hmm. looks cool. But it's like the longer you hold the block, you get extra ability damage. What the heck? Like that's the worst perk ever. So why why yeah. is this amazing shield? Hidden behind, uh, like you really should feel like like you're like accomplished something, and then you get this like really bad shield. Like it's still so sad. And there are like there's one armor set where you get uh, attack increases on a dodge, and then the other armor set you get gives the same attack increases but during day, basically whenever you play during day. So well, then mm -hmm. it, it immediately eliminates that other armor set where you have to dodge all the time. Like, why would you then use that one? So the armor sets are really cool for the look. But again, the stat system is ruining the, oh my god, finally new gear. Like, it would have been way cooler if, again, this was yeah. like an Odyssey system where every armor set had an impact. Um, I hope that they would consider the idea moving forward of, like, pulling, like... I feel like there's 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 a lot of different Assassin's Creed communities that are excel in different areas. Like there's a like Access the Animus is really good at understanding like good storylines that tie in, and like I feel like they could really help contribute and shape some of the story. I think yours or I'll say like our community here with like the more heavy focus on the gameplay could have a lot of input in some of that stuff moving forward. So I hope that. If they're listening, hey, you're a mentor. You're a this. mentor. You. Are, I know. I'm gonna. You, you I can, uh, trust me. I'm no. I don't share. I don't. What I how I talk on this podcast is how I talk to them, and yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. they listen. But like, yeah, just like I feel like polling the community a little bit more. Like, what are the perks you'd like to see, or something like that? Especially towards people who are like power users not to just shape it to the power users, but but the power users really kind of lead the charge like everyone in this chat i'd say is like at the tip of the spear of people who really love to play the play the crap out of these games yeah, yeah, yeah and and you can create a lot of space for other players who maybe don't play as much as you do but like will still create like fun different ideas or items that like could also be fun for all players not just and it, yeah that's just my little no, no, no. I, yeah, moment. I, I totally get that. It's just that, um, and we can like insert this future AC news a, a bit here. Um, yeah, I, I did see uh, an ad about a question about the bird skins. There is one new bird skin you can buy at the stable once you install the expansion. Um, I, did we already wait? Let I have to like pull up my streamlabs as well. But yeah, there was there was a Ubisoft financial call uh, recently. Where they talked more about the DLC. Um, I want to, yeah, Jacob as well with the party bits there. Thanks a lot. Um, so I want to like talk a bit about that because that 
totally like connects uh, what we're talking about here because uh, first of all, it was a record performance for the Assassin's Creed franchise uh, with total yearly revenue up 50% versus the prior record year. And this was 2012, um, which I think was when Assassin's Creed 3 came out. Um, Did they... I didn't have a chance to listen. Did they break apart like what titles resulted in that performance? Yeah, so th- this period, this year, this record performance is from uh so was from March or like um April 2020 till March 2021. So the only game that came out was Valhalla, but Odyssey of course during COVID saw like a big renaissance as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a combination of all the things Assassin's Creed with the launch of Valhalla in there as well. So 50% up yearly um, compared to, I think, yeah, when Assassin's Creed 3 came out. Because Assassin's Creed 3 still sold the, mo- the most copies, but they make more money with Valhalla because of the additions and microtransactions and stuff like that. Um, and another thing that uh, an investor then asked, so from... Okay, what what are you gonna do with oh, with Assassin's Creed right now? It seems like you're you're doing uh, great, um, and they really they really said that Valhalla was the reason it did great, but also they had a rocket uh, record year because Odyssey, um, they created a lot of content for that on a regular basis, so that really helped. Um, and what they what they see right now is that they have a fantastic recipe for. Assassin's Creed in general, which means, yeah, they will continue down this RPG path and actually maybe go even more deeper in, down that path. So the the most the short-term thing we will see because of this is that they will expand the post-launch of Valhalla to be the biggest, longest, and strongest that the franchise has, had ever seen. Um, so great transformation, building on the RPG recipe, building on strong playtime, what we th- that's what we see as a focus in the short term so that's this this coming financial year and beyond but they're also building a very strong roadmap for the next 5 years for the brand so basically saying we had these rumors about this side assassin's creed game where they would go back more to the roots those rumors like were that that game was put on hold for a new third expansion for valhalla and what they said during the financial call, totally like, uh, like that, totally like sounded like that as well. Where instead of like, they're they're really going to focus on, yeah, this because this is what made Assassin's Creed even more popular than back then, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I just hope that like if they they say building on the RPG and like old head Assassin's Creed fans hear that and they're like, oh, we're killing story stuff. I feel like Ubisoft has the resources. They have the resources to be able to properly invest into both the story and the gameplay of their games and sure. like make these uh, Assassin's Creed games uh, satisfy all fan bases. So if you're one of those people, you're hearing that, like I, sh- I would share your concern also. But even from RPG fans, like expanding the post-launch making it the biggest longest strongest they've ever had on the franchise built off of valhalla which i think valhalla is more of like a sidestep in rpg expansion maybe a slight backstep in my opinion but 
Um, sure. That's arguable, but like I don't think I I think I'm a, a rare case in that because I, but um, a lot of people still liked uh, a lot of the stuff that they got to experience in Valhalla. So to me, hearing that, I'm like, if you're really focusing on the RPG element. Like at this point, you do your innovation with each game release. That's at least the standard they've set. And so if they're going to try to expand or grow the RPG using Valhalla to do that over the next year or two, I definitely would say I have like concerns about that actually working the way they think it will. But yeah, um, well, well, what but they're basically... this is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I'm, I'm not sure if they like, they see Valhalla is like a, a huge success right now. And that, of course, is also partly because of Odyssey. But the record year was also because Odyssey, uh, like, that just keeps selling. People are still playing it. We actually had a poll. People, uh, more people like uh, Odyssey uh, here. It was 45 or uh, 45%. Most of, I get quite 45. a few DMs through Discord or Twitter. Uh, I'm sure you do too as well, but and I would say 80. percent It might just be because I make Odyssey content. Yeah, yeah. And like I haven't made Mahal. That's probably it. Now that I like retrospect, but like 80 percent of the people ask me, but like they're they're like even today this morning I had a conversation with a guy. He's like just picked it up and he's like super into it and he's asking questions about it. Like I don't know the engagement. I feel like I get stronger people who are more engaged in Odyssey when they ask me questions than people asking about Valhalla yeah, yeah. questions to me. That's yeah. just my experience. So I really hope that they see that, like, sure, I think Odyssey still, in terms of, like, go uh, using, like, stepping away from the lore and, and, and giving that the backseat or actually doing things that didn't really make sense. Um, like, I'm not not a fan of that, but I do hope that they know that of this of these three games i think odyssey will turn out to be the most successful one and there yeah. are reasons for that and the, those reasons we are we're not seeing those reasons or those things that made odyssey so great in valhalla and um yeah i do hope that they they look at that game and not what kind of the montreal team in my opinion did they they just looked at origins made a, a sequel to that and, and and grabbed some things from odyssey but and not not what made that game great, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, in short, this RPG it's here to stay. I still hope that they do like some sort of spin-offs at one point, like w- shorter experiences uh, for mm-hmm. for for people who are like more into that, more more like the older well, games or a I remake of one. If you think about it, even Assassin's Creed Two what you could argue as an RPG game because to RPG, like, I don't mean sure, to like sure, sure. Ma- mansplain it, but RPG is like a role playing game and you were role playing as an assassin in Rome and Assassin's Creed two baked in with a really good story. So technically, even though your classic RPG in the sense of like min maxing your character damage, like, which is a kind of like, I think what they're trying to say is like, they want to have that, custom character experience or that ability for you to yeah min max your character and and find a unique ways for you to engage with the world uh that is different than what they like set out for you and so i think like that's kind of um part of it like i think they're capable of making assassin's creed games that satisfy all of it um it just I'm depends sure on how much anymore. they're well I I'm saying capable. Do I think they will? 
probably not. I, I think um, the the best example of that is Valhalla, uh, because I think people yeah. are still enjoying it. They think it's fine. Uh, it's just that it yeah. doesn't like. Uh, I mean, we we had this. It we had this underwhelms before. in almost every area. Like not. Uh, it's just like yeah. It's like eighty. Like partially baked in every. Um, yeah, mechanic. I wish they would pick some things and focus on it. And if they really mm -hmm. are going down this RPG route because they see, hey, this makes sense, then they have to step up their game in that in that regard, and not just mm -hmm. have these systems. Because, like you said, like sure, you could argue that every game has RPG elements, but those older games were more action adventure, right? And the newer games are more leaning towards the RPG elements. But with Valhalla, it's more like it is an action adventure game. But they want to have these. Uh, they want to make sure that you buy the armor sets and that you, uh, yeah, that you like spend more time in the game. And one way to do it is through RPG systems. So they just put mm -hmm. them in there without really like having an impact and stuff like that. But I, I have to address a mistake I made. I, I I made a horrible Assassin's Creed sin and said that AC two is in Rome. I think the city of I'm I. It's been like five to six years since i've played assassin's creed 2 yeah, it but it's in italy it's yeah. um, but i think the city of rome was in it no what was yeah, the, the main end, it was rome, yeah yeah rome tech not the the country of rome but the city anyways i apologize no, no, to no, anyone you, 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 i may you, have no, offended no, 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 about fine. my misinformation about assassin's creed 2 <sighs> Um, Griff is asking thinking? how to find Reda in Dublin. Uh, use Sunan, and you will see, and you will also see the the Reda icon like on the map, so you can easily see it there. Florence, it was. Florence, what? Hold on, I think is it Revelation? Hold on, what was the? Rome was Brotherhood. See, that's the thing. Assassin's Creed Two. Revelations in Brotherhood, I get their maps mixed up because I haven't been on those campaign maps in well over six oh, or seven yeah, years. Yeah. I get it. Hold on. I must get this right. Yeah, AC2 takes place. We have the, the VIP um, with the facts here. Such so Venice, Florence. Um, yeah. Multiple, yeah. Yeah, the Vatican only. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Okay, let's go back to Ireland then. <laughs> yeah, let's get back into Ireland. We're uh... no, but uh, yeah, I, I, it will be interesting to follow. I totally think that this third DLC is coming, and uh, yeah, we, we, still the mastery challenges. I hope, uh, but one mm -hmm. of the things I'm also like, they're they're really like talking about increasing playtime and stuff like that, and I think the way Valhalla did it is not the way to do it, which like making this world even bigger and having just more of the same type of activities instead of making some really fun activities replayable. I think that's like the cooler way to do it. Then, mm -hmm. Because again, with the Druids DLC, you kill everyone and the world is empty after one point. And it just, I, I wish they would like uh, change that. But yeah, not in the Druids DLC either. Yeah, I think they, they uh, the creators at Ubisoft uh, have challenges in front of them they they hear a lot of mixed opinions from the community they yeah, hear a lot of sure. like and and so 
I think you can kind of see that reflected in Valhalla where they're, they were trying their best to serve as many people as they possibly could. And then they ended up underserving a lot of them. And even when I talked to some of my, uh, some other people, like other mentors or certain things like that, like there, there is a little bit of a consensus that it's a little underwhelming, not because of anything any one particular person did, but just because of the fact that it was, two years of time or three years of development time. And they tried to do as much as they possibly could to make, they, they really did set out with like positive intentions when they created the game, but then it just due to whatever, yeah. maybe it was COVID, maybe yeah, it was, budget, sure. maybe, yeah. maybe it was executive leaderships, put it in like doing too many hands. We don't know. I don't work there, but um, it just kind of came out a little undercooked and hopefully they can, learn from that it seems like they get a little better in different areas each year so i'm hoping you know maybe yeah, the dlc sure. like the meteor dlc will be a but that, that's um, that's also oh, sorry finish your fault go ahead oh no i was just say, gonna say very simply that like the meteor dlc maybe that's gonna be a fascinating maybe there's like you enter some sort of isu arena where it's like repeating enemies or something some sort of wave system like the yeah, arena, yeah. like yeah. something it, it, it's not lost there there is a way i think that they could like add something like that to this Valhalla game and make it fun yeah i, I think so too and and to be fair like we're we're, we're ending on a down note but i i still had a lot of fun with the wrath of the Jews. <laughs> yeah we'll see it's just that you, you the the sort of uh shortcomings of Valhalla shine through even more uh during mm -hmm. this dlc um and, and they they do like, like I said, I played the DLC wrong. I was, like, going through all the side content first and then doing the main quest. Well, just doing just doing the main quest is how you should play this DLC. Like, that's way more fun, uh, get, going through the land that way. Um, and you also do notice a bit um, that, for example, there, like, it, it's being made by... It's not the main team anymore. And I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious how that is going to... Uh, yeah, how that's going to impact. For example, the Hidden Ones DLC from Origins, it felt way more connected to Origins than this DLC. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, there there were just more memorable moments during that DLC as well. And uh, I, I don't mm -hmm. know if they should have done like a continuation because, again, you can play this uh, after one story arc in England. And one of the reasons that these DLCs don't sell well, like they, they already don't really sell well, like a lot of people moved on after the launch of the game. So to have it like be locked behind a uh, 100 hour main story doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that does mean that you're in this weird in-between moment. Like they're talking about Eivor as this person who already went through a lot. But if you go into this DLC after only completing Grand to Bridge, then it's like, I just started playing, and they're talking about Eivor as this, like, famous warrior or something. Like, that's kind of mm -hmm. weird. Uh, yeah, well, also, people don't know that. Like, I use one of my good friends. He's not he's not as deeply involved in the community as we are, and I like to, like, text him about it just to get his opinion because he's, like, your standard-issue, casual, like, PS5 player. And, like, I asked him, like, are you going to do, like, the DLC? And he's like, I, I haven't finished the main story, man. I'm not ready to do a DLC yet. And so, like, yeah. and I kind of told him, like, well, you could just – you can start it. And he was kind of like, like, I don't have – like, he, <laughs> that's just him. It's a monolith to just, like, ask that person. But I kind of 
can kind yeah. of see that. Like if you, if you haven't completed the game yet, like your motivation to just jump into the DLC right now might be a little like, uh, yeah, that, that might there. actually, yeah, that might actually, I think, I totally think like one of the things they changed from Odyssey going to Valhalla was the, the levels, uh, scaling, like that you had to, for uh, at one point, uh, like grind four levels before you could uh, continue with the main story. That is not in Valhalla anymore, which is great. I really think they will tone it down a bit in terms of mm -hmm. like the main story because I also think if the new game comes out and it will likely still be some time, but people are gonna be like, I did not finish the previous game. Why would I go get this one? Uh, that that might mm -hmm. also kind of hamper it. And yeah, with the DLC, I think that's a great example as well because. Yeah, you usually want to play this after finishing the game. You want more of a game, so that's why you play the DLC. But if you still got a lot to play in the main game, then yeah, you might not be interested in more content, even mm -hmm. though it's quite different. Um, yeah. Also, like, um, I'll I'll finish this and then we can wrap this up. But like, a long story isn't necessarily a bad thing if there's enough engaging gameplay in it, right? Um, there's been plenty of good games out there that have had like as long of stories that have, but if you have limited gameplay mechanics and a hundred plus hours, you start to, it starts to actually impact the story. Cause I kind of felt like that in Valhalla. Like once I did like one or two assaults, castle assaults, they started to feel a little repetitive and it kind of starts to kind of like damper the experience a little bit. But if they innovated on each like castle assault each time where there's new, like now there's like catapults or some, some things that wasn't just like a red spot showing up on the ground and arrows or yeah. something about to crash like on new you. enemy type or you actually had yeah. to, yeah, use this weapon or the, there was actually some depth to the loadouts and stuff, then, yeah. Because I think the thing I was longing for while I was playing Valhalla for at least the castle assaults is like I was expecting each one to get more and more intense, but they all kind of felt to be like the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, but... Yeah, I, I totally get I that. I, I think, dude, like, that's what, what is nice about this DLC. It's way more concise. It's like a very shorter story. So you never really, apart from the side content, if you just follow the main story, again, I think that's the best experience. Because then mm -hmm. they, because they, they also made it so that you're not doing the same thing all the time. So, yeah. yeah so definitely. if you just follow that then yeah it will be it will totally be a better experience but you will need to do a lot of the side content in order to get to yeah to complete that dublin trading system but i'm excited for you to play it and for everyone listening who maybe yeah. already started or maybe if you listen to this on saturday you're already well on your way um yeah because uh like the sickles like there are a lot of awesome things i still think 25 dollars like standalone is too much for what the dlc offers like that's that is like some um, like I know, like DLCs that have more content, in my opinion, that are like cheaper. Like the Borderlands DLCs are huge, but they feel mm -hmm. the same. And I, I don't know what uh, this price is kind of rubbing me the wrong, wrong way in a bit. But I think it's mm -hmm. because the of the season pass. Like if they if they made, I just hope that season pass is way bigger. That's that's what I'm trying to say. It really feels that forty dollars. For the season pass, it, and yeah, it's because the season pass is like uh, enormous. 
mm-hmm. that's what I hope. But maybe it's the same. I don't know. And this, and the transition, maybe there's a third DLC that the season pass will cover. Maybe. Yeah. We will, maybe we will, might do know you, in a few weeks. Oh, do we have you a, have any predictions for that third DLC, Raptor? Yeah, so, of course, let's get one thing off the way first. We don't even know if this is coming, but we thought it was fun no. to do predictions for it. Maybe in a few weeks during E3, we will hear yeah, about it. Yeah, we could uh, switch this back to, like, Paris predictions, yeah. but I don't know. Being super early before we even know what the hell it is, it might be exciting. To yeah, it might be fun if, we, if you then actually have something uh, right about it. So... The the rumors are of course that this like going way more um mythology also or yeah, going into the mythology. So like the the the, the realms that we did not visit in uh in the main game yet. And uh, yeah, I think we, we we saw sickles with druids. We will likely get the one handed swords with the siege of Paris. So I'm saying we get two handed maces with this meteor DLC as a new weapon type. Or like two hand, okay, all right. What? It's a pretty good. Or I was gonna say like two handed hammers, but I'm like they, like those are kind of the same. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that. Yeah, they definitely need to add another weapon type. Um, my prediction is it's gonna be like Atlantis 2.0. It's gonna be Isu heavy, just like. What I mean by Atlantis 2.0 is, you know how like Atlantis, Fate of Atlantis was just like you were getting Isu-styled armor, you had Isu-styled enemies, you had Isu-styled weapons, like abilities, all that stuff. I think that is what this DLC will be like. But don't you think that uh, that's, that's actually what people did not like about the Atlantis stuff? Because it was kind of like making the Isu... Uh, yeah, different compared to how we kind of sure. saw them in the previous game. They, so. When has Ubisoft done stuff that we like? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Says Ubisoft star player. It's a pretty, no, I'm just kidding. Am I not being a good star player right now? I I don't care. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be friendly critical. I think it's fair. You're allowed to do that if they want to. For sure. Someone gets a little but upset. But I, I think I looking at the other mythical realms, I think that like we we did yeah. not see that there. That's so. definitely more likely. But I feel like it's going to be tied together somehow. Like if they do do the nine realms, they do do they do do the nine <laughs> realms. Oh god, I'm so immature. Um, the I think there's going to be some Isu element tied into that. Like definitely modern story. Like that could be it actually. Like the Paris. Because you made a prediction, we don't know yet, but uh, no spoilers. I don't know if this is true yet, but you said there probably isn't going to be modern storylines in uh, uh, Wrath of the Druids. Um, I think, like, if that's the case with Druids, I don't know yet, then that's likely to be the case with Paris, which means that maybe this third one is going to be a lot more, like, few, yeah. um, modern storyline focused and. But the, like then, that. then, then you still get to the point where okay, but people who did not finish Valhalla, like, are they going to? But yeah, that that will be with a new game, anyways. And yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. if you did not finish Atlantis episode three, then the start of Valhalla with Layla was kind of weird. Yeah. So yeah, they they it's always been that way. That you're right. That like that did bite them by doing modern stuff in the DLC, but at the same time they did it and. 
Like it's a DLCs are it wasn't a good, good place though. To, it was so weird. I think that why they did it. I mean, I can't speak for them, but like the impression I got was that they chose to put it in there because they felt like people who buy DLCs are usually like the harder core fans. And so like they wanted to serve them and they didn't want to insert too much lore into the main game to confuse maybe someone who just picked up the game. Um, sure. But that's just my best guess. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good end of the show there. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you think of the, the Druids DLC. So yeah, we will be discussing that next week, of course. If you got any input about the Druids DLC, we will be opening a Discord questions channel. We already did that for our other show we do on Monday every uh, here on Twitch.tv. Raptor. So you can, like, put in... Uh, yeah, you can... Um, yeah, ask questions there. It's discord.com or like joraptor.com dash discord uh, for if you haven't uh, joined the discord yet. Um, I'll be opening that right after this show. So uh, yeah, it would be cool to uh, have some questions there. Your input about the Druids DLC. What did you think? Um, of course, if you uh, want to leave a review, that would really help us out on Apple Podcasts or other platforms. Uh, we will then likely read it here on the show. I think we've read every review so far. So high chance yeah. that you will then be in the show. So that would be really helping us out. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week then. Hope you had a great time. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, any lost words, Jordan? Or where can people find you? And are you going to like tweet get... a bit about your impressions or share some things? on? Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, uh, you can... Hit me up on Twitter if you want to ask any questions. I have a few things that I'm trying to work through. The only thing before I make any promises on some of the things I want to do, I want to manage my um, time with my current work and also being uh, uh, contributing to the Assassin's Creed community. So once I find a, a good uh, balance or setup for what I want to do, then I'll probably Ooh. say a couple cool things that I want to try to do. Okay. 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 Leave cool. 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 But if you, I'm, I love chatting with people. So I talk to people all the time. So if you want to message me on Twitter, it's easier, quicker. If you message me on Twitter, Discord is a little chaotic for me. I'm in a lot of servers. I get a lot of notifications, and so I tend to get muted a little bit there. But um, yeah, your Twitter is uh, for the audio listeners. It's Jordan Doss. Yes, I T S J O R D A N D O E S. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's <laughs> and then your name and then does. Yeah, does what? <laughs> Nothing. Thanks, Absolutely. everyone, for the kind words here in the Twitch chat. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, I'll be back to making some more videos. We want to get all the outfits up today. So all the armor sets in the DLC. Um, yeah, thanks, Jordan. Uh, yeah, have fun playing as well. And yep. uh, we will you see too. you next week. Tomorrow, Dennis will be streaming the druids dlc as well so uh yeah hope to see you there and or yeah i will be lurking in the chat likely either way thanks a lot have fun with the dlc and uh see you next time goodbye see you guys